0: Ed Flash
1: There could be some tough times ahead at Ford's jointly-owned battery plants. We'll explain. In the meantime, Sean Fain says he is ready to take on Tesla. Today on the show, the latest from the Ohio AFL-CIO and the Valley Labor Report. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 7th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. Tim Burgess is going to be our first guest today. Tim serving as president of the Ohio AFL-CIO. Complete updates at OhioAFLCIO.org. Well, today is election day. We're going to talk about some of the issues, some of the candidates, path to power candidates, as Tim puts it, and also an issue, a contentious issue, in the city of Cleveland called Issue 38. And uh, this is essentially... Put together by a group of citizens who want to carve a percentage out of the budget. I believe it's 2%. So they can control some of the money. Interesting take. Interesting take. So Tim will talk about that and more as our first guest. Adam Keller will be joining us later in the show. And Adam is co-host and co-producer of the Valley Labor Report. Which is really gaining steam in the South. FM is their website and they are on a mission. The Bakery Confectionery Tobacco Workers and Grain Millers International Union Local 390G members in Memphis, Tennessee, manufacture soy protein for Nestle, Nestle Purina, Abbott, Kind Bars, and other companies to make baby formula, pet food. Nutritional powder and beverages, well, they've been on strike since June against the company International Flavors and Fragrances, IFF. The company has come to the table asking for concessions, including removing certain overtime protections, taking away paid breaks, and more. Also, UAW members working for Mack Trucks, this is in Florida, have now been on strike for over a month seeking To eliminate tears in wages, acquire real wage gains. Well, here's what's going on. The Valley Labor Report is supporting these struggles by raising funds for them with a 32-hour marathon, which will be live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch starting this Friday. At 9.30, that's central time, and it's going to go through Saturday, November 11th. They will broadcast nonstop for 32 hours in honor of the historic fight for the 32-hour work week, a demand recently revived by the UAW in their fight. Now They didn't get the 32 hours, but they certainly got a whole lot. So we're going to run down what they're going to do here, be more specific, and how you, as a listener, can help them out. (laughs) Like I said, they're really taking an active uh, position here. And uh, they've uh, got a couple of things he's going to talk about as far as labor wins. Recently, they highlighted some big victories in uh, is with the Union IOTC, the stagehands. And they interviewed uh, Matthew from Working Man Interactive, The very first video game company unionized by IATSE, as well as uh, Marvel VFX, the uh, first video special effects union. They also broke some news, and this was just past weekend. They hosted a panel of workers from New Flyer, North America's largest clean bus manufacturer, with folks from Minnesota, New York, Kentucky. And uh, they did some uh, live reporting out of Anniston, Alabama. So they're really uh, well taking the show almost on the road. And uh, they were at the recent uh, Alabama State AFL-CIO convention. And Sarah Nelson of the Flight Attendants Union and Cecil Roberts in the uh, Miners Union were there. So (laughs) they're definitely on a tear. TVLR.FM, Adam Keller who is the co-host and co-producer. has been on the show many, many times, and he loves America's workforce. So we want to make sure that uh, we can give them as much help as we can, because you know what? We're all in this boat together, aren't we? Now a brief look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by Boyd Waterson Asset Management. You can find more at boydwatterson.com. Well, there could be, there could be a nasty fight ahead to organize workers at Ford Motor Company's jointly owned electric battery plants. And this is after the company declined to join its competitors in agreeing to ease the process of unionizing at those plants. Now, Stellantis and GM agreed to the terms, which bides them labor peace, according to a Sean Fain. Ford, no. And they're declining comment on this story. Now, here's the story. Because the automakers partnered with South Korean firms to mount the joint ventures, those plants, I'm talking about the battery plants, they are considered separate entities, which are not governed by the master contract that determines wages and benefits for auto workers. But terms in the tentative agreements will allow current GM and Stellantis employees to be leased to their joint ventures while remaining employed by the Detroit firms, according to Sean Fain. That way they don't have to take a pay cut. The two companies, I'm talking about GM and Stellantis, now they have agreed to a card check process to make it quicker and easier for the new workers at those joint ventures to unionize, according to Fain. And if they do, he said, they will then be covered under the existing master agreement. New employees at the joint ventures will get 75% of the pay rates in the master agreement. But the union will aim to eliminate that gap when it renegotiates the deal in 2028. Now, during the strike, Jim Farley, who's Ford's chief executive officer, he accused the union of quote holding the deal hostage over battery plants as they resisted bringing its joint venture operations under the union's master agreement ford has said it will allow its hourly workers to transfer into its wholly owned electric truck assembly plant which is under construction in tennessee and the battery plant which it has planned in Marshall, Michigan, which, by the way, it paused while those talks unfolded. Farley said last week that Ford would delay construction of one of its three joint venture plants. Why? Because EV demand is not where they thought it would be. So that's slowing down a little bit. Under the tentative agreements with the big three, Union members will get 11% raises as soon as the new contracts are ratified. Over the life of the contract, the automakers agreed to give a 25% wage increase and a restoration in cost of living allowance, which will take the top pay, up 33% over that time. And by the time the big three contracts expire, which will be in 2028, Fane said he is confident the UAW will have organized workers at all the big three joint ventures that are up and running and will have brought them under the master agreement. He's also aiming to organize the big three competitors, including Tesla, whose CEO, Elon Musk, is staunchly anti-union. Oh, yeah, he certainly is. Um, The company, I'm talking about Tesla, has been accused of prohibiting workers from wearing union paraphernalia and unlawfully terminating employees who sought to unionize earlier this year. The NLRB alleged that Tesla laid off dozens of workers at its Buffalo, New York site after the employees had announced plans to unionize. If you go back two years, 2021, the labor board ruled that Tesla and Musk unlawfully threatened the workers hoping to unionize back in 2017 and ordered the company to rehire a union activist worker it had fired even after Tesla attempted to appeal the decision. The group said Tesla interrogated employees involved in the effort and ordered Musk to delete a tweet it deemed anti-union. Now, Tesla has never held a union vote at any of its U.S. facilities, though German union, I G. Metal said last month that some Tesla workers at the company's Brandenburg plant had joined its union. We talked last week about workers in Sweden. Now, they don't have a plant in Sweden. They basically are autotechs, the people that fix the Teslas, and they are going on strike. And Sweden's union density is off the charts. It's close to uh, 90%. Bottom line is this. The UAW's record-breaking deals at the Big Three are already drawing interest from non-union workers and forcing non-union firms like Toyota to hike their pay. Sean Fain said that's the effect of having a thriving, vibrant UAW that's actually doing the right thing and fighting for the workers. That's the first thing they're going to do. They're going to raise the pay. Because Toyota, Nissan, Honda, they're going to fight the union tooth and nail like they have done over the years. Stellantis plans to build a new mid-size pickup truck along with battery-run versions of six Jeep, Ram, and Dodge vehicles. And Ford envisions at least three new electric vehicles that will preserve jobs at several factories. GM plans to build at least six new electric vehicles, including a full-size SUV. Now, those and other closely held production plans by Detroit's automakers have emerged in details of the agreement worked out with the uh, UAW. And in Belvedere, Illinois, according to the union, Stellantis will construct an EV battery factory that could possibly create 13 Jobs. And at its Toledo assembly complex, Stellantis plans to build a battery electric version of the rugged Jeep Wrangler SUV and another with an unknown new powertrain. So all of this is coming out now because of uh, the process that the UAW went through. With negotiations so it seems like everything is going in the right direction no doubt about that all right we're going to take a quick break when we come back tim berga on behalf of the ohio afl cio this is
0: america's workforce more shows available at awfradio.com
2: it takes Layuna to build north america's infrastructure That's allyuna.org.
1: The Alliance for American Manufacturing is a nonprofit, nonpartisan partnership formed back in 2007 by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers. Their mission is simple. Strengthen American manufacturing and create new private sector jobs through smart public policies. Keyword there is smart. We need to be smarter than ever in today's highly competitive world. The Alliance for American Manufacturing believes that an innovative and growing manufacturing base is vital to America's economic and national security, as well as providing good jobs for future generations. Good jobs today, good jobs tomorrow. Good American jobs. Find out more at AmericanManufacturing.org america's workforce is brought to you in part by the communication workers of america you can find more at cwa-union.org america's workforce radio is sponsored in part by the international union of painters and allied trades district council six representing painters glazers drywall finishers and sign and display industry workers they remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an american The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialists, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at uaw.org.
2: America's Workforce is sponsored in part by boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at com.
1: This portion of the show brought to you by the International Union of Bricklayers and Allied Craft Workers. For more information, please visit BACWeb.org.
0: Now, back to Ed Flash Farrance with America's Workforce.
1: And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh. Dot dot Let's go down to Columbus, Ohio. Welcome one of our longtime supporters and contributors, Timothy Berga, who is president of the Ohio AFL-CIO, OhioAFLCIO.org, his website. And today is election day, and we're going to talk about uh, some candidates. A lot of union brothers and sisters running for office. We like that. Got a number of school board races, levies. Issue one, issue two, very contentious issues through the state of Ohio. Tim Berger, I first want to talk, I want to go back a little bit here. As I saw a story that was posted last week about the August election, and that was the uh, that was the measure that would have made it harder for future constitutional amendments to pass by requiring them to get 60% in a statewide vote. Right now it's 50 percent plus one well the voters said no <laughs> resounding no 56 to 43 percent and i know a lot of people said you know what uh, we shouldn't even be spending money on something like this and apparently it costs more than they originally thought so we have to pay more for an election that shouldn't have happened can you uh <laughs> Can you help me out on this? I don't even know why this is even being discussed, but I'd like to get your input. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, as we said, Flash, at the time, it's going to be a colossal waste of money. It's never a good time to do the wrong thing, especially not a good... Uh, time to do it in an August special election when they tried to sneak in, sneak one through to take away a constitutional right that we've had for 111 years. So no surprise that it's costing more taxpayer money than what they originally thought to reimburse the county boards of elections. So there you have it.
1: Yeah, they're, uh, I guess they allocated like 10 to 12 million, and then it got up to 15 million. Now it's at like, uh, well, I guess 18 million and they've spent so far seventeen and a half million. so uh well it's just a sad state of affairs that especially when you're trying to take someone's right away that's been in the constitution for over a hundred years it shouldn't have happened and now we have to pay for it that's it's it's just ridiculous but anyway let's talk about today elections how how, how we doing so far how do you feel about uh elections today tim
3: Well, more rights are on the ballot Um, again today. uh, we just encouraging our members and Ohioans to get out there and vote. And we have 44 union members running for local office that are on the ballot today across the state that we're supporting and working with and helping our central labor councils to get the word out. We've got 172 endorsements overall that we're working on, whether candidates and local issues. So uh, we're out there supporting those who support working people and the trade union movement, raising wages and uh, supporting worker rights. So that's uh, keeping us busy. And that's a good thing.
1: So that's 44 union members that you're pretty much aware of. And you've endorsed, I take it, all, the, all 44 of them, right?
3: We have the endorsement for the elections for, uh, you know, local government, school board, city council, township trustee, mayor, those sort of things. Those endorsements go through the central labor councils or the local AFL-CIOs. And then we work to support them uh, to get
1: the word out. Okay. How do you feel about the the process of voting? Because you know they changed the laws. You got to have a state issued ID or a driver's license, and I know we talked about this in the August election. Um, any pushback on that right now, to your knowledge, or what?
3: A lot of pushback, but the reality is that the powers that be in, at the state house and the secretary of state's office right now w- w- want to try to make it as difficult as possible to vote and. What we saw on the August 8th special election were um, a higher, a way higher than average uh, percentage of voters who showed up with identification but not deemed proper identification. So uh, there was been some pretty good reporting on this that uh, it's really curtailing uh, voting. And uh, it's not a good thing. Uh, these are Ohio citizens, residents, um that should be eligible to vote. They've, you know, they've, they've done everything necessary and they're just requiring certain IDs that some people, A, aren't aware of, or B, um, aren't really sure how to, to obtain.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: it's another roadblock, but it is a factor and something to watch going forward. And we'd like to see it
1: overturned. Yeah. And it's happening in a lot of states, sadly.
3: Yeah. You know, on that splash, I mean, there was no reason to do this. I mean, uh, election after election in Ohio, uh, Democrat and Republican secretaries of state say there's virtually no fraud, uh, no funny games going on. Now, there have been, you know, a couple of high profile cases where you've had, you know, uh, uh, some people that voted for Trump more than once. That's what's made the news. But right. it's really been, you know, a very, very little uh, amount of anything going wrong with people voting that shouldn't be voting a handful every election. So why are they doing it? That's the question that's being asked. And they haven't got to come up with a good answer as to why they needed to put another layer of identification on top of what was already there.
1: Let's talk turnout here, if you don't mind. Now, August, that exploded. And because it was a very passionate issue, we're talking about taking rights away from people. But this one here seems to be a little bit different. I'd like to get your take on as far as what we know so far today.
3: Well, turnout's usually higher in a November general election than a a special election. The August special election was abnormally high turnout, um, in large part because of how deep the passion uh, ran on this to stop them from taking away a constitutional right that citizens have had for 111 years. So uh, the, uh, this November's election, the pace to uh, outdo the August special election is there. Early voting is up. You know, Close to 900,000 Ohioans will have voted early for this, uh, today's election. So we're encouraging uh, and urging a high turnout at the polls today. Uh, you know, when people vote, they have a right to then complain or support government. And yeah. uh, that's that's what it's all about. So we're we're asking folks to get out there and really, you know, look at the issues and support those who support working people. That's where we're at.
1: And Ohio is in the national news, primarily because of issue one. We're dealing with reproductive rights. That probably is going to be a force in driving people to the polls, in your opinion. what What's your take?
3: I think so. It's a continuum of the August 8th special election, which many saw as a proxy for reproductive rights and women's health care rights. And uh, we have, as an organization, supported uh, State Issue 1. We see it a, as a women's rights issue. We see it as a, uh, an economic uh, fairness matter for women. And uh, I do think that that'll be a driver uh, with the turnout today.
1: All right, let's uh, turn to the city of Cleveland, and there is a contentious issue. It's issue 38, and I I guess they're calling this the people's budget, where a group of citizens want to spend some of the money, the tax money that's been collected by the city of Cleveland. And I know a lot of labor organizations don't think it's a very good idea, so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this, this is – this is. maybe you can give me some insight on, on what this is all about. I, I've never heard of anything like this, the people's budget. Can you uh, help me out on it?
3: So we're, the, the labor movement is pro-citizen action, pro-community action and advocacy. But to simply take away 2% of the city's budget uh, and, and put it in the hands of uh, we're not exactly sure what or how it's going to work, uh, this is 2% of uh, essential services for the city that are being stripped straight from the uh, the general budget of the city of Cleveland. And like most of uh, all of labor uh, in the Cleveland area, we're supporting um, to defeat issue 38. Uh, there's better ways to go about doing this. And again, we are very much uh, pro-citizen advocacy. And... When elected officials are not uh, adhering to the will of the people, then the people have a right to seek, you know, different legislators and different leaders. Um, And I can't get into all the specifics of that, but what I can tell you is when this has been tried in other places around the state, uh, it's been an abject failure. And uh, we need to not be taking away funds that are providing uh, basic and essential services for the people of Cleveland.
1: Okay. I didn't realize it was used elsewhere or tried elsewhere. So, all right. Issue 38. Okay. One more question here. Now, when we're done with this, obviously you will take a deep dive into what happened at the polls. And, uh, and this is a precursor of what's going to happen in 2024. Beyond that though, anything in the legislature that you see happening, between now and the end of the year, or is it pretty much going to be quiet?
3: There's a uh, effort underway to try and get this Senate bill 83, which would really tell higher education institutions, colleges and universities, how to go about their business. And in the meantime, uh, doing things that would take away workers rights and union rights. So uh, they continue to try to, find a way to dress this bill up to get it across the finish line. But we just uh, think it's bad for the state. think it's bad for our education workforce. So that one still keeps percolating. Um, So right now it'll be a very limited session until the first of the year.
1: Okay, I was reading about that last week, and it sounded you said it dressed it up a little bit. So there was some compromise, but in your opinion, the compromise was not good enough, especially for those working in higher education. Then,
3: well, on several levels, we we think the bill is problematic, but uh, including um, getting too much into the collective bargaining process of those that are working
1: on college campuses. Okay, all right, Tim Berga president of the ohio afl cio i'm going to let you get back i know you got a lot going on it's election day in the state of ohio the polls open until 7 30 tonight you take care and we'll talk about it next month and more okay brother thank you all right we're going to take a quick break adam keller co-host co-producer of the valley labor report coming up next
0: you're listening
1: to
2: america's workforce
0: with ed flash Ferrans.
1: Dot org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org.
0: Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with survey and ballot systems. SPS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections.
1: America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org.
2: America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils.
0: There is unity and strength for workers.
2: We are the U.S.W. We are the
0: U.S.W. The United United Steelworkers, the largest industrial union in North America.
3: We represent eight hundred and fifty thousand members in In the the U.S., US, Canada, Canada, and the the Caribbean. Caribbean.
0: We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper,
3: oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector.
0: We are steelworkers standing strong. And fighting for what's
1: right. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at Lyuna.org.
0: Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Farrins.
1: And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis give us a rating we always appreciate those five star ratings so please keep them coming also if you like a show and i know you love america's workforce because we're getting a lot of good comments please share that show because uh with all the downloads this year we are now in the top one percent of all podcasts in the world and there's two million podcasts in the world so we do appreciate The fact that you are listening to America's Workforce. A lot of good things happening in labor. So obviously people want to know about it, especially in the South. Let's go to line number two right now. Welcome Adam Keller back to the show. Adam is co-host and co-producer of the Valley Labor Report. Do check him out. TVLR.FM. And he is getting ready for a marathon broadcast and live stream coming up in a couple of days adam keller welcome back to the show i'm gonna let you pick it up from here because uh, there's some brothers and sisters out there that need our help especially the bakery confectionery tobacco workers and grain millers been on strike in memphis tennessee since june greedy companies here no doubt about that but uh Talk to me about what you're planning here. Go ahead, brother. Yeah.
4: So the Valley Labor Report. You know, we do what we can to support workers uh, through our platform, and we had the idea uh, of trying to raise money for striking workers, particularly, like you said, these these workers in Memphis, BCTGM members. They've been on strike since June. Uh, Matt truck workers with UAW. They've been on strike for over a month, and this is something we've, we've experimented with before. A couple years ago, we did something called Strike Fest to raise money for uh, the striking coal miners down here in Brookwood, Alabama. And we had uh, a concert and comedy show at the Union Hall. And we were able to raise over $70,000 for the strike fund. Um, now this year, it's a little bit scaled down. It's just going to be an online live stream. And it's going to start at 9.30 a.m. Central Time on Friday, November 10th. We are going to broadcast live, online, on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch for 32 hours nonstop until Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Central Time on November 11th. And uh, really excited about it. 32 hours nonstop in honor of the 32-hour work week, you know, which of course has been recently revived by the UAW as a demand. It's a historic demand of our labor movement. Um, And, you know, it's going to be a fun event. It's going to be kind of wild to to, to be on the air that long. Uh, But we're really hoping to raise some some good money for these striking workers and be able to just pay it forward and uh, help those brothers and sisters out. And uh, in the meantime, put out a lot of, uh, you know, cool, fun pro-worker content. We've got some good guests that are lined up already. We've got uh, a lot of folks interested in coming on the program and you know, we're just going to talk union. We're going to talk workers. We're going to talk the South, um, and just get different people's perspectives, all while raising money for a good cause, uh, which we really, you know, look forward to doing, and, and can't wait to get people's support for it.
1: So it all starts this Friday, November tenth. This is nine thirty in the morning, that's Central Time, and it'll go through Saturday, November eleventh, which is Veterans Day at uh, 5 30 PM nonstop for 30. Oh, it's, it's great to be young. I'll tell you, I remember <laughs> some long broadcasts when I was young, I can't do that kind of thing anymore, but God bless you, man. That's, that's awesome. 32 hours straight, by the way, we should, uh, we should give the, uh, I guess the, the post here, the link, if you want to help out, it would be TVlr.fm forward slash strike fundraiser okay tvlr.fm forward slash strike fundraiser you mentioned some guests why don't you uh take some time here to give us a little rundown on who's going to be showing up on this uh this 32-hour marathon
4: yeah absolutely so there's a few ways you can support uh definitely contribute to the strike fundraiser tvlr.fm strike fundraiser if you can afford it Uh, We know, you know, times are tough for a lot of folks, so maybe you can't, in which case just sharing our stuff on social media. We're at the Valley Labor Report. We'll be posting about it all week. We'll be posting the live stream link and just sharing that, sharing our graphics. You know, that's helpful. Uh, Calling or texting in. Uh, Folks can send short video messages even if they want to, Uh, but we have a call in line at 844-899-TVLR. Uh, which is 8857 folks can leave us a message they can send us a text uh, and then of course folks can join us for a live interview and we're really excited we've got folks like Sam Cedar, host of the majority report uh, Bhaskar Sankara president of the Nation magazine one of our favorite labor reporters Kim Kelly who's been in you know all sorts of outlets from Teen Vogue to Rolling Stone uh, and then our, our dear brother, Maximilian Alvarez, who is editor-in-chief of the Real News Network and leads up the Working People podcast. Um, and then I, I think we've got a few others that have confirmed already in just, just in the last you know, day since those came out. Uh, we've got Hamilton Nolan coming on to talk politics. We've got um, a historian of the UAW to come on and talk about. Uh, the historic uh, 1930s struggles of the UAW. So it's going to be it's going to be an eclectic mix of folks, journalists, writers, activists, scholars, uh, and of course we're going to hear from the striking workers themselves and some of their leaders and, and what they're going through in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, as well as in Florida. So it's it's going to be a really interesting event and hopefully successful for these brothers and sisters.
1: That's cool that you got Kim Kelly lined up. We've had her on the show. She's awesome. I mean, she was embedded with the the coal miners on strike in uh, in Alabama, which went on for what almost 2 years in that strike, but she she's a pistol and she she wrote a book. Those of you listening, Fight Like Hell is the name of the book. So you can help her out and obviously help uh Adam and Jacob on this marathon. TVLR .fm forward slash strike uh, forward slash strike fundraiser. And that would be the place to donate to support the striking workers. Any goals in mind on on what you you hope to accomplish here in this 32-hour marathon?
4: You know, we bounced around goals internally, and we decided that the last time we did something like this, we did not set a goal. And we totally blew away our expectations Uh, and so we're gonna intentionally not set a goal we're gonna just see what happens anything that gets raised of course is going to be appreciated by these workers I have no doubt Uh, and it it will be appreciated by us as an act of solidarity so um, you know we thought about it we thought about setting a goal but we just decided last time we didn't and it turned out great so let's just see what happens
1: let let me ask you this: Have you sent out any press releases to to media in your area to let them know what you're doing so you could get some added added PR here?
4: Yes, we we have, and actually that's just been this week. Uh, we've been sending out stuff to the media. Uh, I've got a reporter who's supposed to speak with me at some point today about it here in Alabama. Uh, so, yeah, we're definitely trying to get the word out both you know, to Alabama folks but also across the South and across the country as well, uh, anyone who might be interested in, in what we're up to and you know, what a couple of crazy union guys are trying to do just to raise some money for folks.
1: I love it. I really love it. Adam Keller joining us on our live line today. Co-host, co-producer of the Valley Labor Report. We got more to talk to him about and uh, some good wins in organized labor. We'll touch on the UAW situation. And also they're at the state AFL-CIO convention. We'll talk about all that and more right after this. This
0: is America's Workforce.
2: It takes Lyuna to keep America running. .org
1: The Iron Workers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of 8 ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake, So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at Teamster.org.
0: This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems.com to learn more.
1: Are you an experienced mechanical insulator looking to take your career to the next level? Insulators Local 50 in central Ohio has steady work for a number of years. Insulators Local 50 offers a total wage and benefits package that can't be beat. It's not just the competitive wages. Local 50 also provides medical, vision, and dental insurance with no paycheck deductions for you and your family. Don't miss out on the chance to secure your future. Join us at Insulators Local 50. Earn great pay and the best benefits. Visit insulators50.com forward slash AWF50 to fill out the online form and a Local 50 representative will call to begin the process. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at IFPTE.org. Now, back
0: to Ed Flash Farrance with America's Workforce.
1: And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency, ULAgency.org. Let's go back to our live line, rejoin Adam Keller, co-host and co-producer of the Valley Labor Report, TVLR.fm is their website i know there's a a lot of things that you've been doing here since we last talked but i first have to ask you obviously with this uh with this uaw settlement sean fain is making no bones about it he's going to go after the non-union car plants he's got uh, tesla in his sights right now you're in alabama which is a right to work state probably more unionized than most southern states what are you hearing about that because a lot of those plants are located in the south Primarily because of less union activity. So uh, what what are you hearing, Adam?
4: Right. These companies come down to places like Alabama hoping to avoid unions. Uh, but we're here to, to welcome them and to organize the hell out of these plants. Uh, that's what I have to say about it. Because we're hearing from folks all over Alabama and all over the South that they want UAW organization at their auto plant. And... You know, as we are seeing the other companies are responding, Toyota, which has a huge facility right here, you know, 15 minutes down the road from my house, they have already raised wages in response. And we know from our sources at UAW, they've been receiving phone calls from people at facilities like that all over the state. And... uh, You know, we're looking forward to UAW now having won this big victory with the big three as they resolve this contract negotiation. We're looking forward to them, you know, being able to really prioritize the South and move in in a big way. Um, And, you know, anything, of course, that we can do as Southern Unionists, we're going to do that. And I think there's a lot of collaboration that is possible um, in ways that the labor movement can really lift up that struggle because if we can – Unionize the auto industry in Alabama it would transform the state for working people Uh, and so I think it's got to happen and I think it will happen.
1: Well there's been a number of union wins in the south and uh, one of them involves your union IATSE the stagehands what uh, what happened there recently?
4: Yeah I'm really proud to be a member of IATSE and we've had some big wins lately Um, and on the Valley Labor Report that's what we try to do we try to highlight workers who are winning workers who are on the move and try to educate folks on what that's about why they did what they did and how they did it and so we highlighted some big victories from IOTC we had on Matthew from working man interactive which is the very first video game company to be organized by IOTC and we also had on Anna from Marvel VFX and that was the very first video special effects union and they won their union unanimously. And in fact, a week after she was on our show, she was in Congress talking to the uh, Labor Congress, uh, the the Labor Labor Committee, right? And so, really proud of those folks that they were able to win their unions and win it so successfully. Um, and with IOTC, really proud of that. But also, we had a big campaign here in Alabama uh, that I'm really really proud of. And we were able to break some news last weekend.
1: Actually, is that the uh, the new Flyer campaign? This is the uh, the clean bus manufacturer. What what happened there, Adam?
4: Yeah. So this weekend we talked to workers from Minnesota, New York, Kentucky, and I was live on location in Aniston, Alabama. Uh, new Flyer's uh, North America's largest clean bus manufacturer. Many of the facilities have already been unionized with the CWA with the IUE CWA, their industrial division, Uh, Uh, New York and Kentucky just recently organized with them. And so Anderson is next on the plate. And uh, we broke the news of the campaign this weekend and talked a little bit about those campaigns that have already been successful and how they were so and how they have secured new contracts. We talked to the worker from Anderson about why he's getting involved and really One thing that was really cool about it is he actually signed his authorization card on the air, right? The very first authorization card of this campaign was signed on the Valley Labor Report. Uh, And and i got to say I'm really, really proud of him for doing that. Uh, This is a worker that I met this summer who's a young guy, very interested in trying to build his union. And for him to be brave enough to do that uh, I think speaks volumes.
1: And we're talking what five hundred workers in that uh, in that sector?
4: Oh yeah, we're we're looking at least or, you know five hundred or so. It's hard to say. The campaign is so early. You know how many folks are going to be involved in the unit, but this could be a big win for Alabama's labor movement—a big win—and and really you know help transform Anderson.
1: Yeah, that's what we want. You know, the last time you and I talked, and I I remember Alabama Arise, which happened, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. And this is, it's kind of the same thing you're talking about now, worker power, getting people together to talk about what it means to go union, raising wages, getting benefits. Can you uh, tell us how that turned out? Yeah, so
4: a couple weeks ago, October 26th, I worked with Alabama Rise, which is a nonprofit coalition fighting poverty at the state level. And we invited labor leaders and community leaders together for a worker power convening. And really what we were talking was, how do we grow the labor movement? How do we help working people in Alabama? And how can community groups and labor groups work together more effectively? Right? A group like Alabama Rise has ties to the faith community has ties to nonprofits, civic groups, all sorts of folks all out in the community. Well, those could be allies for the labor movement and vice versa, right? We're we're both fighting for uh, positive policies in Montgomery and our state capital to help working people. How can we collaborate? How can we work together to be stronger? Uh, And so it was a really good conversation. I really enjoyed that. Uh, And I'm going to keep those kind of conversations going. I'm working with Alabama Rise to host a town hall, a people's town hall, on November 14th in Huntsville. We're going to have some breakout group discussions. Uh, We're going to talk about criminal justice reform. We're going to talk about health care. But we're also going to talk about worker policy. And I'm really excited to have uh, union folks come and talk about what would a pro-worker state policy agenda look like
1: and a couple more things I want to touch on here. The state convention with the machinists. I understand Jacob Morrison, your your partner, attended that. And then there's the uh, Alabama State AFL-CIO convention, which had a couple of interesting folks here. Sarah Nelson of the flight attendants and Cecil Roberts. Can you uh, sum up what happened at these two events?
4: Yeah, my, my co-host and I, Jacob, have been really busy. We've been having a lot of speaking engagements. We've been going wherever folks are interested in hearing our message of solidarity, and, and that's kind of my, my motto is, hey, if you want to let me talk about people power and solidarity and how workers can come together, I'll show up to your meeting. I'll be your speaker, and so we've been doing that. And Jacob spoke at the State Machinist Convention and talked a little bit about the potential that we see as a labor movement right now that is so outstanding but also the huge challenges ahead of us. Um, And we heard a little bit about that at state AFL-CIO convention, was really thrilled to hear Cecil Roberts of the UMWA uh, give a rousing speech, as well as Sarah Nelson from the Flight Attendance Union. And so it was just great to network and great to see brothers and sisters from across the state. Um, And what we want to see is just how can the Alabama labor movement grow? How can we get stronger? you know, the numbers that we've seen over the years, over the decades, they're not acceptable. We can't, we can't continue to decline. We have to grow. We have to be bigger and stronger. And, uh, you know, that starts with the relationships and making connections.
1: Well, Adam, it's good to know that you're really proactive in the South. And I've said this on the show many, many times. Alabama, when you compare that to other states down there is definitely more pro union than the other states. I'm just wondering here with all the policies that came out of the uh, Biden administration, a lot of the jobs of the, the chips, plants, the inflation reduction act, a lot of companies in the South got those opportunities and now it's time to organize. Do you feel that that is, is happening or about to happen in your opinion? I mean, you're doing all the right things on the Value labor report. You're engaging all the right people. You're bringing the union activists together. You're doing this marathon broadcasting session online coming up in a couple of days and uh, I'm just wondering how, how do you feel about the future? I am cautiously optimistic.
4: I really do think we're facing a moment that we haven't seen, in my lifetime at least, um, in terms of the upsurge of worker militancy and people's interest in organizing, people's support of labor. The American people are behind us in a way we've never seen before uh, in our lifetimes. And, you know, we do have a, a friendlier labor relations board than we've had in quite some time. And so there's a lot of things that, that, that add up to a winning recipe, but that doesn't negate decades of decline and decades of defeat, decades of struggle, right, and so we're at this pivotal moment where there's so much potential ahead of us that we've had so much hardship behind us, and which way are we really going to go? And I am confident that working people are on the move and are willing to take action and are willing to organize. What I want to know is whether or not the leaders, the people with the big titles and the big salaries and the big offices and the big names, are they willing and able to meet the moment? And I think that's to be determined. To holler at me next year, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, I hear you. Adam Keller, co-host, co-producer of the Valley Labor Report, TVLRFM. And uh, those of you listening, do check out their marathon live stream. That's going to happen starting this Friday, 9.30 a.m. Central Time through Saturday, November 11th at 5.30. And again, the best way to, uh, to uh, donate to that is tvlr.fm forward slash strike fundraiser help our brothers and sisters who are striking because they too want better wages and benefits you take care brother good luck to you this weekend okay
4: thanks as always love and solidarity from alabama y'all
1: that'll be it for another edition of america's workforce tomorrow the transport workers union at southwest and policy matters ohio until then all of you have a safe and wonderful day
0: that concludes another episode of the america's workforce radio podcast thanks for listening And be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group.
2: Find out more information online at labortools.com.